football is back, and BetMGM is inviting new customers to join the huddle and enjoy the action like never before. Sign up today using bonus code CHAMPION, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hartcastle. We're in the last week of this series called Forgotten Virtues. And if you had a chance to to be here for all the weeks, I hope that you learned something. If you missed him, go to CrossviewKiaCut.com. Our our messages are on. you can listen to them audibly, or you can also watch the messages online, too, if you want to do that. Uh, you, if you missed any of these weeks, you missed some of the more um, practical teachings about virtues. Um, what are virtues? Virtues are, there's nowhere in Scripture does it really talk about virtue. It talks about a virtuous woman, but it doesn't really talk specifically about virtues. But virtues are spoken about through, through the whole word, through the, the whole Bible. And um, and so our first week, if you were here, if you remember, we talked about what was the first week out of the shoot? We talked about what? It was about what? Boy, I hate when I do that. I should never set myself up for that. I had one person. I heard it just very lightly over here, but it was like, is it right or is it wrong? All right. That's right. The first week we talked about honor and uh, we talked about that in our culture today, we have forgotten the virtue of honor. We don't honor anyone. We don't honor our parents. We don't honor our teachers and our, 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 the people in our world. We don't honor our police and our, and our law enforcement. We don't honor our politicians. We don't honor our president. We don't honor anybody because we believe we have a right to be dishonorable. We feel like if I don't believe what, and I don't agree what they say, then I have a right to disagree with them. Honor has nothing to do with agreeing or disagreeing. Honor has to do with the position that they have been placed over us, that we honor them for what position they have. That is the difference between honor. It's even different than respect. It's not that they do respectable things. It's the position, the office they hold. We honor the position. So what we see in our culture today, what we see in America today with all the protests and with all the dishonoring things that people are saying about our police officers, hello, about our teachers and about our president is dishonoring to God, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, uh, whether you are a libertarian, whatever you're, it does not matter what you call yourself. We as Christ followers must honor the people in authority over us. So this is a forgotten virtue in our world today. We see way more dishonor than we do honor. Respect is earned. Honor is what? It's given. All right. Then our second week we talked about in the impure world, we live in a very impure world, lots of impure things. You know, I mean, there is all kinds of things that will tempt you in our world today um, with uh, the, the, the culture of entertainment and the way it goes with um, with uh, 
just what you see on TV and what you see, uh, what you see come across your internet. I mean, everywhere you see, there's impure things, impure sexuality and verbal, uh, impurities. There are all kinds of things that come and try to, to toxify, uh, who we're supposed to be as pure, uh, Christ followers and, and desiring to follow in Him. And so I talked the first week that though we live in an impure world, we will be called the higher standard of purity. That we will say no to the things that the world says yes to, that we will be countercultural because Christ, the forgotten virtue of purity, uh, we're gonna bring it back into our central form. And then I talked about the third week, loyalty. You guys remember I talked about loyalty? Loyalty cannot be, disloyalty cannot be seen in a mirror. Because disloyalty, when we're disloyal to someone, we have a reason to be disloyal and we will justify it all day long. But if someone's disloyal to us, they have no reason, they have no right, they're just bad people. Hello? Right? And, and so that loyalty is an issue that we struggle with in our culture, to be loyal to the people that are close to us. Because we live in a world that if you don't like what somebody has to say, if you don't like where they stand, you just unfriend them. You just stop following them. You just get rid of them and just wipe them out of your life. And so uh, God's called us to be people of loyalty, to have the virtue of loyalty. Then last week, I had to share with you real briefly, but I'll just touch base on it. I talked about integrity. I wish I had more time to share on that because that, that is such a forgot of all the virtues, integrity. It is why, it is why our politicians are the way they are. Lack of integrity. It is why we have a world that's full of duplicity because people say one thing and they do another. And what is integrity? Integrity is who you are in private is who you are in public. If someone were to, were to scroll through your social media, and you sit here today and you look all innocent and you look like you got your halo on and everything. Ooh, I'm such a good person. But what if they scroll through your social media? Even the stuff that, be, that is deleted once it goes out. How does it line up with your life? Who you are in private is who you are in public. This is integrity. And integrity is, a, is an integral part of who we say we're Christ followers. Because if we say we're Christ followers and our private doesn't line up with our public, we're nothing more than hypocrites. And the church is full of hypocrites. That's right. We're all full of, we all have a hypocritical side to us. Uh, and the hard part is loyalty you can't see in the mirror, in the mirror. Integrity you can't see in the mirror either because we convince ourselves the things we do are justified. So honor, purity, loyalty, integrity. Today I want to talk with you about the final virtue that we have forgotten about today. And in a world full of entitlement, in a world full of gimme, 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 we're going to talk today about the forgotten virtue of gratitude. So turn to somebody and say, gratitude. Turn to somebody else and say, I am thankful for you. Some of you changed the way you went. You're like, I ain't going to say it to them, I'll say it to them. We're going to be looking at a book today in Philippians. Uh, it's called Philippians. It's not a book. It's really a letter written by the Apostle Paul who wrote the majority of our New Testament. He's one of the greatest authors who ever lived. And he has some amazing things to say to us today about gratitude and about how we're to live our lives with a heart of gratitude. I want to talk to you today about how to conquer complaining. Now, by the show of hands here today, how many of you guys would say that, you know, 
when someone that comes around you and they just complain and about everything. I mean, you name it, they just wah, 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 wah. I mean, they're like the most annoying sound in the world. You may be married to them. Don't look at them. Just look at me. You may have one for your child. Uh, it may be someone who is in your family and you've got to bear them every holiday complaining. How many guys, by a show of hands, would just be honest with me and say, you know, complainers are a killjoy. I do not like being around complainers. Raise your hands up really high. If you're not raising your hand, that's because you're one of them. You don't notice it. That's who you are. Complaining is a habit. It's not a right. It's a habit. And the, the person who is a habitual complainer, they always find something negative in anything you do. They are people that have no friends. And if they have friends, their friends just tune them out. Complainers. Here's what the Bible says. Stand your feet with me today as we learn a little bit about how to conquer complaining. This is found in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Say it with me out loud. Here we go. Let's say this out loud. Say, do what? What are we going to do? We're going to do what? Without complaining or arguing. Stop right there. We could stop right there. That's the message for today. Do everything. Now, some of you are like, now, wait a minute. Everything? I don't know. There's some things I don't want to do, period, you know, but... Everything, I don't like it already, but keep going, Pastor Kevin. Here we go. So so that you may become what? So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in this warped and crooked generation. Hmm. We live in a warped and crooked generation. They lived in a warped and crooked generation back then, too. That's no different. And here's what it says. It says, warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine like stars in the universe. How? Because you're not complaining. All right? Father, help us today to hear your word, but most importantly, be transformed by your word. Speak life to us today. Help us, God, to to evaluate our forgotten virtue of gratitude. Speak to our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, guys. Four types of complainers. You may fall into one of these categories. You may fall into two of these categories. You may fall into all four of these categories. God help you and God help whoever's in your life. But there's four types of complainers. The first one is this, the whiners. The whiners. You know who you are or you know who they are. Sorry. Their favorite phrase is this. Life is not fair. These are people that don't rise and shine. These are people who rise and whine. David was one of these that whined. And here's what he said in Psalm 73, verse 13. He says, have I been wasting my time? Why take all the trouble to be pure? (laughs) He says, all I get out of it is trouble and woe. Call the ambulance. Right? 
whiners, Charlie Brown, why is everyone always picking on me? You know who you are. Don't look at them. Look at me. It's not fair. I don't deserve it. Why does everybody else get the breaks? How do they get to they get to do what they want to do and their lives are great? I don't understand. Life's not fair. And as parents, when our kids say life's not fair, what do we say to them? Life's never going to be fair. Life isn't meant to be fair. But when we whine and complain, well, it's justified. And so the whiners whine and complain. And I, and I just want us all to realize this day. Life's not fair because the world is not fair. That's the principle. Life's not fair because the world's not fair. Life's not going to be fair until we reach heaven and God settles the scores. Okay? So for now, whiners, life's not fair. Not meant to be fair because the world's not fair. So complaining and whining doesn't work. Second Second class of a second type of complainers is this the martyr or the victims. These are people. Their favorite phrase is this. No one appreciates me. No one sees all that I do for them. This is Moses's attitude. Moses is is an icon of a complainer that had the victim mentality, the victim mindset. Here's what he said. Moses said to the Lord, why pick on me? Why pick on me you, to give me the burden for all these people? He's complaining about the people that he brought out of Egypt and he delivered them from slavery. And he's like, why? I got to deal with all these people. I, who am I? He's like, I can't carry the nation on behalf of myself. If you're going to treat me like this, please kill me right now. It will be kindness to me. Let me out of this impossible situation. My life is such a mess. I never had it good. My parents were mean to me. Now I'm the victim. I'm always the victim. But God forbid you tell them they got a victim mentality because they'll get picked off at you. Don't be a victim. I'm not a victim. No. But he's picking on me. Martyr or victim. These guys throw the greatest parties you could ever attend. The greatest pity parties you could ever attend. They get out the streamers and the balloons and, and all the little blow horns and they're like, boo, 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 I'm a victim, victim, victim. And you know who you are. So we have the victim. We have the whiners. Here's the, the third one. Third type of complainer is the cynic. And their mentality or their, their favorite phrase is this. Nothing will ever change. Oh, uh, just the way it is. This, my life stinks. Just the way it is. Ecclesiastes 1, 2, Solomon spoke. He said this, said, life is useless. You spend your life working to do what you want to do, and what do you show for it? The world stays just the same. What it has been, what has been done before will be done. Again, hold that up there. This phrase is actually referring to raising kids and picking up up after them. What is done before will be done again, right? Over and over again. The cynic says nothing will ever change. Just the same old, same old. And then you have number four. The fourth type of complainer is the perfectionist. The perfectionist, 
Uh, the perfectionist uh, f- favorite phrase is, you're doing it wrong. I have a better way. The perfectionist, no matter how well you do it, will find a criticism in everything you do. Because why? They have, they thrive on finding a flaw in you because it makes them feel better about the insecurities in them. Ooh, that was a good one. Don't, don't throw anything at me. Proverbs 27 verse 14. Says a nagging wife is like a constant dripping, drip, drip, drip on a rainy day. Mm, come on, Jesus. Better to live out in the desert than be with a nagging, complaining wife. Better to live on a corner of a roof than be with a nagging wife. Now, I know what you're saying. I know you guys are like, yeah, that's right. Listen up, y'all. Listen up, girl. This is for you. This is nagging. Of just in general, if you nag, people run from you. No one wants to be around a constant nagging person. If you're a boss, if you're an employer or an employee, if you are, uh, if you go, if you're just a sibling, if you're a parent or a mom or dad, if there's any way that you're just peck, 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 neck, 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 let me know when that gets annoying. That's what he's talking about. A perfectionist says, I, I have a better way. Let me do it. And if they have you do it, look out. It will be redone. Right? Why? Because a perfectionist believes I'm right. Nothing destroys the warmth of a home faster than complaining. Nothing breaks down the harmony inside of a marriage faster than nagging and complaining. Nothing destroys the holy work of God more than whenever you complain that they're not doing it the way that you would do it. Complaining destroys who we are and destroys the work of God. How do we conquer complaining? How do we conquer complaining? Well, here's the five things I want to give you real quick. Five things of how to conquer complaining. The first one is admit you have a problem. Admit you have a problem with complaining. Now, some of you are saying, how do I know? How do I know I have a problem with complaining? Well, maybe you just want to ask somebody. Well, I don't want to do that. They'll tell me the truth. Well, then you have a problem with complaining. (laughs) Maybe what you need to do is maybe if you're a parent and you don't know if you have a problem with complaining, maybe listen to your kids. Because if you have a habit of complaining, they will repeat the habit. I love it. I love this. Uh, no, I don't love it, but it's funny. I guess it's comical. I don't love it. But it is comical whenever we have a kid in the church and they say a curse word in the kids' ministry. And we've had it happen. Okay, it happens. I chuckle because, you know, the parents will go, <laughs> I don't know where they learned that. Must be SpongeBob. He's horrible. Oh, those lyrics they're listening to. I'm like, right, mom, right, dad, sure. Right? It is, it, we have to see a reflection. We, when I said loyalty is hard to see in a mirror, disloyalty is hard to see in a mirror, uh, complaining is hard to hear. But how, how many complaints? Test yourself. Record yourself for an hour. Now, you can be real good for an hour. Record yourself for a day. And let's hear how many complaints come out of your mouth. 
How would your life be different if you record yourself for 24 hours or for two days or for a week? How much complaining would flow from your heart? Complaining is not just a bad attitude. It is a sin in the eyes of God. You say, what? Here's why I say that, because God delivered the children of Israel out of slavery, out of bondage. He gave them freedom. And what did they do? They got in the desert and they complained. It says seven times they murmured or complained against God. It's a sin because it's not a heart of gratitude. It's a complaining heart. So admit you have a problem. Second thing is accept, accept responsibility for, for your own life. Accept responsibility. It's nobody else's fault that you have some of the things that you're dealing with right now. Okay, hear me. It's nobody else's fault that you are in the situation you're in right now. You're in the situation that you're in because you made decisions that did not honor God or did not line up with God. And all of a sudden, here you are at a place where you are in the middle of pain. Now, you can complain or you can suck it up and you can accept responsibility for what you've done. Says some people ruin themselves by their own stupid mistakes and by the and by and then blame God. Some people make stupid decisions and when they do, they want to blame everybody else but themselves. Don't complain when the ball drops if you drop the ball. Hmm. Don't blame anybody but yourself. I hear people come to me all the time and they say they complain about being in debt. I don't want to be in debt anymore. I want to get out of debt. I want to give more money to God and my God. If God would just let me win the lottery, then I would have it set. And God not let me win the lottery, so i got to deal with my debt. Well, how would you get in debt in the first place? By stupid decisions you made, and you find yourself in debt. The way you get out of debt is you make wise decisions with your money from this point on. You don't say, I want to get out of debt. Every day you say, I want to get out of debt. But you still, ching, 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 charge it up. Need those shoes, need those clothes, need that car, need that house. I need to get bigger, better things. I can't afford it. Well, it doesn't matter. I want it. So you wind up in deeper debt. Don't complain that you're being disrespected if you're dishing out disrespect. God wants us to know we reap what we sow. How do we conquer complaining? We admit it. We accept responsibility. Third thing is this. We develop the attitude of gratitude. The attitude of gratitude. Uh, First Thessalonians, read this along with me. Uh, It's kind of like that first verse we read. Uh, First Thessalonians 5.18, it says, what does it say? Give thanks. Give thanks what? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. Now, let me break down this real fast. Just leave it up there for a second, guys. Let me break this down for you real fast. First off, we have to understand that, that God is, this scripture is not saying you give thanks for the horrible places that you're in. No, it is saying while you're in the horrible situation, you continue to give thanks. Give thanks not for all the bad circumstances, but while you're what? In all those circumstances. So 
If you're in the middle of a trying time, if you're in the middle of a broken relationship, if you're in the middle of, of some deep pain that you're going through, you're not giving thanks to God for the pain you're going through, but you're giving thanks to God that while I'm in it, I'm going to keep my eyes on you and I'm not going to complain. I'm going to stay focused and I'm going to give thanks to God because he's good. And because he's good, I can be faithful to what I'm going through. The cup half empty or the cup half full? Depending on your perspective, some would say it's half empty and some would say it's half full. Here's what I say. Give thanks for whatever the level is, because while you have it, you're giving thanks to God. Christians are to be different. Paul said in Philippians chapter four, verse one, he says, I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstance I'm dealing and walking through. I have learned to be content. What did he learn? Here's what he learned. He learned, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance. And what I have learned is that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So we admit, we accept, we develop an attitude of gratitude. Number four, look for God's hand in your circumstance. Look for God's hand in the middle of your circumstance. First, Second Corinthians says, I'm just going to paraphrase real fast. It says basically what happens here on earth is temporary, but what happens, but what we don't see is eternal. So when you think about God, think about what he's doing and what you don't see. You may not see the answers of what you're going through right now, but realize that God is working something incredible behind the scenes. You may never see what it is, but God is doing something greater in you than you could ever imagine. Because when pressure is on, character comes to the top. And if your character is flawed, you will see it when pressure is on. If your character is pure, you will see it when the pressure is on. See, positive people realize that putting God first... Helps them to be stronger in the journey for Christ. But see, when we go through pressure and we go through hard times, we question God's wisdom. We uh, doubt God that he cares for us. And we forget that God is good. We question God's wisdom. We doubt God's care. And we, we forget that God is always good. So stop complaining. Start changing. Ask God to show you, to reveal to you what it is you're complaining about. Maybe it's your kids just aren't rising up to the level you think they can be. You can challenge them, and I encourage you, challenge them. Encourage them. Build them up. But remember, nagging will drive them further away. Admit you have a problem. Accept responsibility uh, for your life and develop a grateful mindset. Look to God uh, and then finally, practice positive speaking. Now, this is amazing what, uh, what has to happen. If complaining is the habit, we need to replace the habit with something else. The way we replace the habit of complaining is we put positive into the complaining. We substitute, you know, they say if you're if you're going to break any habit, 
It takes between 21 and 66 days to break or to make and create a new habit. So in 21 to 66 days, you have this period of time that you stop bad habits, but you replace those bad habits with good habits, with positive habits. What does that look like for you? If, if you're constantly nagging and complaining to, uh, uh, at your, your spouse, husband or wife about something they're doing, maybe what you need to do is you need to try to find, really hard sometimes to see it, something positive. And you replace the negative complaining with God's positive speaking into their life. Your kids aren't doing good in school. Stop nagging them about their grades. Start finding something positive that you can build them up. You got out of bed today on time. Good job. Find it. If that's all you got, you go with it. And you say, wow, you got a D plus on this test. That's better than a D minus. You got to just do a positive, replace the negative with positive. Try to find a way to do it. Your spouse isn't quite measuring up, isn't quite doing what you think they should do. Stop nagging, stop complaining, and start replacing with positive speech. Proverbs, or Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth except for that what is helpful for building others up. So that why? According to their needs, that it may benefit those who hear. Replace your constant complaining with compliments. Affirmation gets better results than tearing down. To build up will last a lot longer than breaking them down. Do not keep on scolding and nagging your children, Ephesians says, making them angry and resentful. Rather, bring them up in a loving, discipline, and godly advice. And if we will do these things, if we will survey our lives, if we will evaluate where we're at, here's what the three promises that God, three results that God says will happen. It says, uh, back to our, found, our first scripture, Philippians chapter 4, or Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, 15, 16. It says, do everything without complaining and arguing. Why? So that you may become blameless. So that we become blameless. So that we shine like the stars in the universe. And so that we shine like the stars in the middle of a dark, dark world. See, because as Christians, we're to be different. We're not to be like the rest of the world. We're not to live like them, talk like them, act like them, be like them. How I desire for Crossview to be a place that when people speak of the people who come here, all of you, that they say, they are great people. I want to go to that church because the people that I know that, that attend that church, there's something different about them. There's something unique about how they handle themselves. And when pressure is on, uh, they don't get all worked up and they don't get all naggy and complaining. They don't, they don't whine about it. They just do it. Something different about that place. I want to be a part of that church because I never hear them dishonor our boss. I never hear them talk negatively about what they do or decisions they make. I want to be a part of that church because even when they were wronged, they still honored who was in authority over them. I want to be part of that church because they live in purity. I want to be part of that church because those seem like loyal people. 
They seem like people of integrity. They seem to have something a little bit different than the rest of the world. I'm only part of that church. The only way we can do it is by surrendering our lives to Christ. The only way we honor is by surrendering our lives to honor Jesus. The only way we have pure lives is surrender our purity to who He is. The only way we have loyalty is be loyal to Him. The only way we have integrity is to live according in His light. The only way we have gratitude is that we remind ourselves every day that we are greatly blessed. And because we're blessed, we're going to not complain about our circumstance or life. Bow your heads with me today. Father, help us today to learn how to conquer complaining. God, every single one of us struggle with this, I'm sure. There's not a one of us, God, that that doesn't survey our lives and go, I wish it was better. We look at what other people have. We look at status quo of our friends and family, and we want more, and we want to do better, and we, we want to have things, and so we complain, and we whine, and take on a victim mindset. My dad did this to me. My mom did this to me. And we live in a place of brokenness instead of a place of healing. God, today, your desire more than anything else is to touch our hearts. It's not to condemn us. It's not to make us feel bad. It's to bring us to a place where we honor you with these virtues in our lives. We honor those in authority. We live a pure life. We, we are loyal to our friends and family. And we are people of integrity and we have hearts full of gratitude. So God, would you search us right now? Search us and we ask the question, where do I fall short? What do I need to work on? Is it purity? Is it loyalty, integrity, honor, gratitude? Whatever that is, God, may, may, I, may we just right now, may we just get real and just say, God, forgive me and help me by your grace and through who Christ is to do better. Challenge me and, and help me every day to, to recognize where I'm dishonoring, where I lack integrity, where I'm ungrateful. And quicken me to be changed by who you are. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high your valley I sing out and remind my soul, I am yours, I am forever yours. With your head bowed and eyes closed right now, I just want you just to think about what is that virtue? What is that virtue that you need God to help you with? What is that thing that pretty much has stuck out to you through, the, through this whole series? Some, one, and maybe two, and maybe three, maybe all of them, I don't know. But what is that one thing that you need God's help? You need Christ to help you with And I want you right now in the quietness of this place, just bow your heads and just say, God, I realize that I have forgotten this virtue. I ask you to help me. Because I can't do it myself, but I can do all 
things through Christ who strengthens me. So God, I pray, help us take those forgotten virtues, bring them center of our lives, and help us to be transformed and changed by them. Help us to live our lives with that virtue radiating throughout every part of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said amen. You have been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. We thank you for tuning in and would like to encourage you to worship with us if you're in our area. Our Sunday morning service is at 10 a.m. and we have other activities throughout the week for the entire family. For more information, go to crossviewfellowship.com. Thanks again for listening to a ministry of Crossview Church. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.